0: awkward family welcome to another week and it is uh like every week it's great uh had a comment uh, a couple weeks ago that said uh, i act like jimmy fallon i got the jimmy fallon syndrome where every guest is great everybody's my favorite well it is i wouldn't be doing this thing if everybody wasn't my favorite so get over that uh this week is an awesome guest We also became very fast friends. He is a a man of, uh, he would say not so many words, but he has a lot of words. Um, And a lot of laughter was had, a lot of good times was had just sharing his story. Um, I'm not even going to say much more about it. It, it. He's just an awesome guy and you will grow to love him too. Just listening to his story, listening to his heart for people. And, uh, and where he is in his life and his journey. And so without further ado, it is an honor. Uh, hey, Randy Chun, welcome.
1: It's going to get awkward. Get awkward. Yeah.
0: So, Randy, thank you once again. The formalities of uh, introductions again, and saying kind of what we've already said is thanks for doing this, and um, and I know you don't want to talk a bunch, but you're going to have to. That's just the way it is. My pleasure. (laughs) That's the way it is. All right. So, Randy Chun, thanks, man. Um, We've got our friends sitting on the floor. They're they're part of the interview too. I'm so sorry. Uh, I can't tell if it's Biscuit or whoever it is. I'm so sorry. Biscuit? Is that you? Hey. (laughs)
1: I'm so sorry. It's
0: all good. All right. um, All right, Randy (laughs) Chung. where were you born?
1: I was born in Memphis, Tennessee, St. Joseph Hospital.
0: And went to school there?
1: I I went to school. I grew up in... in, uh, Town right outside of, of Memphis, a little suburb called Millington, Tennessee. And you know how, like, oftentimes you just tell people, you know, where are you from? When they, when they ask, you're like, well, I'm from Memphis because everybody, you know, everybody knows these big, you know, big cities, big towns. Uh, but I grew up from, in Millington. And the time I was growing up, Millington was the second largest inland naval base in America. Whoa. And so there's tons of people that went through that naval base, uh, Marine and Navy pilots going through that naval base, uh, doing schooling. And so there's people that I've met from all over the world that have, oh, I, whenever I say, Hey, I'm from Memphis. they're like, well, I spent a little time in Millington. I was like, well, that's actually where I grew up. Yeah. That's <laughs> where I'm talking about. So
0: were, were you military family? No, uh, no,
1: no, no, my, my dad was in the air force, you know, at that time, you know, in the you know, late fifties, early sixties, kind of everybody was, you know, had some, some type of service. That's what, just what you did when you, when you grew up in, in small towns. Um, But he was in the air, my dad was in the air force, but uh, he worked at DuPont chemical plant um, there in, in Memphis. And so uh, that, that's the big city brought, brought work to folks from Mississippi, Arkansas, all around the Delta.
0: But raising his family in the small town of Millington. That's right. That's right. All right. So graduated from there.
1: Did graduate okay. graduated from Millington Central High School in 1987, and so you would say, "Go Trojans!"
0: Trojans, All Trojans, right. we were. Go Trojans! We were, Trojans.
1: In right. Gold and black. Uh, yeah, very proud. Very proud. And the thing was really cool about uh, the high school was after I graduated, that's when the football team got really good and won a couple of state titles, that kind of type thing.
0: Well, they just needed Randy to get out of the way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Once he was gone, we could succeed at this thing. Yeah. All right, so you, you graduate and uh, a proud Trojan, and you go where?
1: I go to Union University All right. in Jackson, Tennessee. It's a small private school um, there in, in Jackson, and that's... How far
0: away from that, uh, from home, was that?
1: It's about an hour away.
0: Okay, yeah, so not was, too far.
1: No, not too far, but a good good distance away. And
0: graduated from there, or
1: I did. Okay. Graduated, got a degree from Union University in '92.
0: Okay, so graduate from there, right? From, from, from high school, from
1: college, from college, yeah, yes. From Union, yes. Union right. University, yes.
0: So what was it? A four-year deal.
1: Uh, yeah, it was a liberal arts school. Okay. It was, it was a fantastic school. And much like I said, with the, <laughs> with my high school, yeah. uh, it's an extremely prestigious school. And after we graduated, experienced some massive growth. Um, it's in like U S news and world report. It's one, it's a top you know school for nursing, uh, Whoa. is, is huge, huge, uh, pull and draw, um, for a lot of nursing students, uh, that go there. But, uh, was it I hard to get into with... back then? No. No. No, not no. That's why that's why I was able to <laughs> able to to go right Not to right downplay in. what's going on, but I mean, you know, <laughs> right like, by maybe we didn't know teeth. and
0: cover that uh that you were a uh National Merit Scholar or something. Actually,
1: my roommate
0: was.
1: (laughs) Actually, my my freshman year roommate, uh, Dr. Ray Van Est. And that's the funny thing. Uh, Not only did the school improve, but after I graduated, that's why. I
0: can't
1: talk. Uh, all of my roommates accepted positions as faculty members, and I was not uh, given any type of.
0: If we just got to get Randy out. Yes, and exactly. We'll all exceed, it,
1: and exactly, exactly, fantastic. Though well, I met my wife there. Though. Right, that's my, all that matters. Hey, met my wife there.
0: So we graduate with what type of degree?
1: I have a communications degree. Okay. Yes, I have a Bachelor of Arts in Communication Arts, and that means that I can talk real good. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can say, talk. I can talk real
0: well. Say educated, really <laughs> graduated. Okay, so we you graduate with with a desire. Like, what were you wanting to do and desire? You know, when you're graduating, this is kind of what I want to do. Um, no,
1: at that time I was pursuing a ministry, pretty oh, full, okay. pretty full time. That had been a huge part of my experience at Union was the people that I met and developed friendships and relationships with there had just kind of very similar heartbeats and passions that I had. And, man, it was a phenomenal time of uh, of doing ministry and then launching out to continue to, to do that.
0: So growing up, were you part of a church in growing mm-hmm. up and stuff yeah so you were that was already yeah hugely hugely yeah.
1: involved you know it's one of those things that way back in the day you know uh my parents you know they uh helped me with the with the drug problem and that being they drug me to church every sunday yeah, right. i'm very thankful for that and uh very thankful my dad you know was instrumental in not just you know encouraging us but leading us as an example of you know Sunday school teacher deacon in the church that kind of type thing right, and, and so, nurturing your faith mm-hmm. and i had a I had a student minister when I was in junior high and high school that uh did one on one discipleship as well as small group discipleship that was hugely influential in my life and mm. to what I do today right uh with with pastors and with with other men and other other people
0: right okay so we you get out of college, mm-hmm. and what are you wanting? You're you're already in ministry, so you just kind of follow that path naturally, or were you? Yes, graduating well, graduating, going, I really kind of just want to do at, at vocational that, ministry.
1: Right at that time, uh, and this is you know this was early early '90s, um, and at that time the the route in the world in which I grew up in, uh, you you went to seminary mm, after you right. know you graduate graduate college, and then you went to graduate school. And so that's what got me to Texas from Tennessee Was I came down here to go to school at Southwestern.
0: Okay, gotcha. So you, you end up landing in Fort Worth mm-hmm. at the seminary there. Yes, off sir. Off of uh, Seminary in McCart. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so how, how long was that
1: for you? Because well, uh, you got married,
0: right? Yes. Yeah.
1: I, got married, I got married when we were in, in school at okay. Union. My wife's a little bit older than I am, and so she had already graduated uh, from Union and we did the whole married housing. And right. actually, man, that started a huge trend um, because people showed up for that wedding, you know to see Randy Chuns getting married and then that opened the floodgates and they were like dude if he can do it then uh, we we can all get married and so we had a ton of of friends you know flood into married housing and we had huge parties and it was a great place to go
0: and there's a pattern oh. happening here like <laughs> we just need Randy to do this and move out of the way and then everybody's going to you know football right, teams going to say, yeah well all right so you just gather said from that. that what you will right. <laughs> so that's okay so what is where does Chun come from? What is the origin of the last name Chun?
1: Oh, I love this. I love this uh story. Um well, everybody thinks it's and I don't know the proper nomenclature these days <laughs> to right. say. Go ahead and just if it's Asian uh, persuasion yeah um it would only have one N, but i have two ends so it's chun c h u n n Right. like uh actually the heritage is, is scottish like gun g u n n and dun d u n n right. so that's where that's where that my heritage comes from it's not not oriental or asian can not, you say that <laughs>
0: yeah not a a scotsman and not a, a chinese fellow yes. he is a
1: Actually, I have a story that you may need to edit. Well, I'd love to throw this tell, out here. It's, tell. it's tell. the awkward
0: podcast, not the politically correct <laughs> get, podcast.
1: Get ready yeah. and strap in, folks. I, I have my freshman year, we went for orientation. There was a ton of other uh, young men from my hometown, from our church, that went to union that, that year. And so at freshman orientation, there's probably 10 or so guys that I grew up with that I I went to school with that were entering college that year. So we go walking down the hallway during freshman orientation and everybody's getting their room assignments. And I see a group of these guys, there's like four or five of them. And they're like, Hey, uh, we got our room assignment. You got, you got your room assignment yet. I'm like, no, I'm on, you know, I'm on my way down the hall to get it. And they said, well, we, we got ours and you know, you're not rooming with us. They had a uh, quad room, you know, it's kind of oh, like yeah. a living room and then four or five rooms off right. to the side. Your own, your own room right. it was very, very nice. And so they said, You're not in our room. And I'm like, That's cool because I'm probably, you know, in a room with, you know, Ray and Chris and Robert and some of these other guys that, that were there. And I was like, I, You know, I'm not really worried about it. And as I make my way, continuing down the hall to get the packet, you know, to, to begin orientation, I see that other kind of group of guys and they're like, Hey, we got our. Room assignment, you're not with us either. And I started to get a little nervous oh, then. Man. You know, the heart, you yeah. know, starts to palpitate, get a little, get a little anxious. And so I go up and to the lady behind the desk, and you know, nothing at that time is computerized. And they've got, you know, they've got crates of boxes back there. And I'm like, you know, I'm Randy Chun. I need to pick up my, my packet my, get my dorm assignment. And so she starts rifling through looking and then. Can't find it. And I'm like, this is fantastic. I thought I was enrolled. You know, I thought I had oh, been accepted. No. Yeah, I couldn't find it. And so I had to um, clear my throat and say, no, it, it, not just, Rand, it, I'm sorry, <clears throat> Charles Rand Chun. And they go and they finally find this box X cobwebs on it or something. And she's like, here it is. And so uh, I'm rifling through all this stuff and finally pull out my, you know, my room assignment, my dorm assignment. I'm so excited. And I open it up, and it has um, Katoro Ichikawa, Jay Wu Lim, Ho Chi Minh, and Charles Ran Chun right there in the room all together. And those guys, boy, they were <laughs> loving it. It was me and every foreign exchange student on campus no
0: yes, yes. <laughs> they just were like assuming and just threw you <laughs>
1: absolutely and here's the deal <laughs> Jonathan I should have stayed in that room my GPA would have gone through the roof right. had I stayed just in some that accountability room in the room yes absolutely but you did not great guys no no I got it I got I got moved to some of the the, the room with the other guys that I had had Come into school with that year. Oh yep. man! Ever okay. sold six. that's a good
0: one. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Especially that you were really scared that you weren't uh, enrolled <laughs> because they could not oh, yeah. find you. Oh yeah, that you just threw them completely off with I, the last name. Yeah.
1: I thought that was very much going to be the case, but I was I was thankful to have a, a room at all. One dorm room assignment. Well, at, so at all.
0: I mean, not to just stay on the Chun thing, but ha- have you met another Chun? Oh, I yes. mean, I mean, I know you have family and stuff, but just like in passing, I've never known another Chun.
1: They're here. They're here in Texas. Uh, there's there's a lot. There's a lot that are, are around and have, and even other places where I think there's some streets and things like that named okay.
0: after. I'll be Okay. I didn't mean to. That was a way off a rabbit hole there. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. So we can edit that. We get married. Yeah. We get married, and uh, you're back in. You finally end up in Texas at yes. seminary. Yes. What are you going to pursue in that? I you- was
1: I, at that time, I because uh, student ministry, youth ministry had been such an integral part of. Mm-hmm my life, you know, my spiritual development, you know, who, who I was, my identity, that kind of type thing. And, and I, I really wanted to pursue and had, you know, in in college as well, been on staff and as a student minister, as a youth minister. And so that was the pursuit. That's what I was, I was coming to just get any, any type of, of degree I could um, in order just to you know, connect with a local church and and do student ministry. I thought that's what I would do for the rest of my life. I was just so I was so influenced by that, and then I wanted to turn around and you know use use that influence on right. on students and and that was that was the pursuit of of uh, going going to school. And it was different because we started. You know, we came down here as a you know young married couple, yeah. and then you know, life begins to happen, and here come kids, and here comes, you know, responsibilities and jobs and everything like that, and you mentioned earlier, hey, is there anything I might need to stay away from, and (laughs) you want me to be open, honest? That's why I authentic. That's why Uh, I I did not complete my degree. I I have uh, a few hours, maybe, I'm not sure. Maybe 20 or so hours left in my degree, but did not complete uh, and get my master's, which is you know one of those those big regrets. That was you know when I was 20 years old and a lifetime ago, yeah. and here 30 years later, I'm like, mm, I wish I had complete completed that task. But,
0: but what would it have changed?
1: Oh, the, not, not much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Who knows?
0: I, I don't know. There's a lot of people that I, I've Talked with through the years, they're like, "Man, I just didn't ever finish." Yeah, but you're successful, and you like it. Really, wouldn't have changed. And I guess it's just the completion of things. I think as you get older, you're like, "Man, I really would love to have completed that." You know, book book ended something. You know, so I get I get that. All right, so you didn't finish because life takes over jobs. Mm -hmm. So what was that first kind of gig you had
1: in ministry wise?
0: Well, I mean, so you're saying you had jobs, and I guess kids came along Mm -hmm. and. Through a uh, quote-unquote kink in the in the the ministry path of the M Div, uh, right, right, schooling, yes. right. So what 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 did you start doing?
1: I, I did I did student ministry. Oh, so I did, you got I, straight into mm-hmm. it. Okay, I did student ministry in, in several different churches in in uh, Tennessee and in Georgia.
0: Oh, so y'all left. Y'all left. Y'all didn't stay in mm-hmm. Texas. Okay, so you left. Went back
1: just for a very very brief time, okay. and then and then we got back to Texas as fast as we possibly could. And, and so per, what was that draw to well, here?
0: I mean, going back with some family and something familiar, but you guys moved back to Texas. What was the draw to come back?
1: Have you been to Texas? Well, I mean, <laughs> amazing. I understand that, uh, <laughs> but
0: I also know home's home and you, you know, you go back home and you're like, this is the best place on earth.
1: Uh, no, we, we like that di- we like that distance as a okay. family. All right. um, you know, we've got the in-laws and the outlaws, and so it's it's good to have that buffer zone and uh, good to have that distance. Um, that was one of the best moves I felt like we made as a young couple were seeing the parents in the rearview mirror hmm. of the of the U-haul <clears> and go, man, it's 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 up to us. and you know we we've got we we've gotta make this happen. There, there have been times which I wish my children, maybe had grown up, you know, right down the street from my folks, but over overall I'm extremely thankful. And so there were relationships here. Um there my wife had a really really good job here uh while I was in in school and so uh they they begged her to come back and um we and we did.
0: Wow. Okay. So you come back and you just jump right back into ministry here too finding yep.
1: Yes. Yeah. There's a church in, in, uh, in West Fort Worth and started doing, uh, student ministry. Um, there, there was a church without a pastor at that time. Um, they had kind of just established, uh, as the, as their own church and looking for a pastor. And it was just a really neat fit because I began to do student ministry and develop relationships with students. And, uh, I don't know it just it was one of those one of those things that it, it, it wasn't this explosion and we had thousands of kids you know coming to know jesus or you know thousands saved you know every you know every uh weekend but it was just such a great fit and connection of deep deepening relationships with with people um there in that church and and what i did they they seemed pleased with and so it just it just continue, continued on there
0: Was it it middle school, high school, Mm -hmm. student ministry? Mm -hmm.
1: I have a very uh, at that that time, I had a very relational uh, ministry, and so I was extremely involved in uh, their school, athletic events, extracurricular activities. You know, being being in their Uh, world—that's really what I wanted to do, and so I built relationships that I'm proud to say that I, I still am able to maintain to this day of students that i had in you know middle school and in high school and now i'm working with their kids who are in junior high and high school mm-hmm. these days
0: that's so good
1: it's it's, it's been pretty sweet pretty that's sweet. real
0: sweet all right so all right <clears throat> so when you were doing that student ministry one of the things i find now is um because there are multiple schools it just makes it a little bit more challenging sometimes. So did you have multiple kids or kids in multiple high schools and multiple middle schools? Was that a part of your youth group and stuff? Yes. Yeah.
1: I had kids from two different school districts. Uh, you know, even some kids that were probably in private school as well. I, I tell you, well, the thing that I say now, this was again, you know, uh, in the you know 90s moving into the year 2000 uh there's no way I, I do not see how guys do student ministry today i was very thankful in the era in which i was brought up in and i lived in and did you know a majority of my student ministry in that era um, i can't imagine with technology and all of the pressures and that you know now i'm showing my age Often say, you know, there's there's no country for old men. You know, we all look and go, you know, back then were the were the glory days, and I don't see how you know mm-hmm. they do it, you know, in today's day. But it, it's true. I, I I don't know how they uh, work and maneuver, and it, it's challenging. But I had kids, I had students from uh, both Tarrant County and Parker County mm. uh, broad, broad ministry that broad ministry there, but I felt that was that was pretty easy.
0: Well, and I guess that's probably my question is, I mean, you're, you're saying what I've been feeling too is you couldn't do it today because it is, it's a little overwhelming to to multiple high schools, mm-hmm. you know, homeschool kids, private school kids, making games, trying to establish those relationships. And you add technology onto that and, you know, getting in that space is Crazy. Oh yeah, every
1: everybody's got, you know, man, their schedules are packed. Right. And this is a sixth grader that we're talking yeah, about here. That's right.
0: It's it, anyway. Okay. One of one of oh.
1: my uh do you mind if I no, go, do it. share this yeah. story? I believe personally, and I have nothing have nothing against I have many friends who are involved in the travel sports. I mean, dear, dear close yeah, friends, you know right. that that are very much involved in volleyball and baseball and basketball, all, all of the all of the travel sports. But I honestly believe, though, that a that travel ball, uh, that the kind of those kind of sports that was invented by a junior high kid. You can't convince me otherwise, hmm. because my thought is they start out, you know, fairly early. They're at the local, you know, ballpark. Um, their kid, you know, very young, four, five, six years old, they make the all-star team and the parents are elated. This is right. you know, such a good thing. And Oh man, we're going to play, you know, the rest of the summer. This is going to be fantastic. Well, that continues on through, you know, second, third grade on into fourth and fifth grade. And they're, you know, they're traveling, the kids are loving it. The families, you know, are bonding with other families that have kids their age and they're, you know, they're going out, you know, tournaments every weekend Kids are, you know, bringing home the championship ring every, you know, every tournament. And then they get into middle school. They get into about, you know, seventh grade. And the middle school student says, you know what? I'm not going to do anything at school and comes home with that first report card. Yeah. And it's failing grades all the way. And, you know, the parents look at him and they go, buddy, you are grounded, you know. Now get in the car. We're going to spend all weekend with your best friends playing baseball at a hotel. He <laughs> yep. goes, if I got to do it, all right, I guess so. I guess I'll do it. And he you goes, know, you can't convince me. Junior high kid invented travel ball. It's, fanta- it's brilliant.
0: It is, I've never thought about that, but that is exactly, that's it. Yep. That's it right there. So you heard it first. <laughs> Randy, Randy Chun cracked your code, junior high kid. He yeah, cracked I, it. I, I see you. He I see sees you. you. <laughs> All right. So, um so how long are we we continue that and then do you ever you you leave youth ministry at a point to just
1: yes. preaching pastor. Well, I've kind Can of I'm, I've okay. kind of run the whole uh gamut of doing kind of everything in regards to ministry and I I want to be, you know, very kingdom minded. And so whatever that looked like in and, in and, and especially in the the church world out there we we go through these trends in church and i i fell victim to those i i was i was part of those trends and so i grew up in extremely traditional you know church service church background uh you know coat and tie the whole you know piano organ right choir and that was For me, it was always square peg, round hole. Um, I was always a bit of kind of on the outside. I was always kind of a bit of, you know, I don't know if I can use these words, especially when you're talking about church world, but rebel a little bit. Uh, And so, man, all of a sudden, you know, people have, you know, these guys on guitar in a band playing and the guy preaching is wearing a sweater and let me tell you it was groundbreaking, earth shadowing that was crazy for me to think about that. And I was like, this is what this is what I was really designed and made for. It's mm. very much, you know, very much like student ministry, except for
0: In front of the church. Big yeah. people. <laughs> right, 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 right.
1: And so I thought, man, that was, you know, that's what, you know, I was really designed for. And, you know, that trend hit you know, early, early on, and so we we did we did that and uh, church planting. I was involved in uh, a, a church plant, and the thing that I love I love to say is I've tried all of, all of these different kind of trends and venues and that kind of type thing. Just just wanting to uh, advance the kingdom, just want to be able to be used um, by the by the Lord in some way. Um, but never met uh, with uh, great success in in any of those of those arenas. Uh, we were at a at a church plant here in Parker County, and went in with a couple of guys doing that, and looked and said, "It's tough. It, it, it's it's tough." And of course, all of the stuff that I've been talking about is extremely difficult if you're trying to do it on your own, mm-hmm. but without the Holy Spirit, with without a, a relationship with Jesus, without following, you know, where God is moving, you know, trying to do all these things. And and hopefully I'm just stating the obvious here. But I, I was striving to do those things of seeing where God was working and joining Him in that, you know, trying to, uh, you know, follow the promptings of, of the Holy Spirit. But just, it, it's it's difficult. It's difficult when you're, you know, when you're doing it out of your own desires and your your own wants, and it's very you know very me centered and very yeah. you know very selfish, very navel gazing. Um, but if I'm going to be just get level honest here, it, it's extremely difficult with the power of the Holy Spirit. This is this is a difficult. Um, I mean that that's the only way that you have uh, success, if I can use that word in ministry is because of what God's going to do and just kind of move you out of the way. And a lot of people try to equate, you know, well, I've been involved in this and go, "Eh, you had very little to do with that. That was just, that was just God just wanting to, wanting to bless because he's sovereign and that's what he wanted to do.
0: Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. Absolutely. So in all of the, yeah, all the different things you've been a part of, get down to kind of the, the point of the thing, your, your site. Okay. When, when did that thing start affecting what you felt was kind of affecting your ministry or did you ever feel that?
1: I did. We went through, we went through all those trends and, uh, of church planning of the, and I'm doing the quotation marks here, as I speak, the contemporary yeah. service and right. you know, what, what's contemporary in 2023. Now? Right, right, um, right. Doing, doing, doing all those those type of trends. And then uh, I had the opportunity to go to Brazil on a mission trip. And that's another cliche, you know, people heading out to, you know, foreign countries, heading across seas and going, I'm going here to, I'm going to be on mission And what really ends up happening is, you know, your life gets turned upside down. Your life gets changed when you begin to experience different cultures. And um, Brazil absolutely threw me for a loop. Um, I went and the thing that I say often about the Brazilians, they are the most warm, passionate, loving people on the planet, and then you add into that believers, you add you add onto that followers of Jesus who are Brazilian. Forget about it. Mm. I mean, the most loving, generous, kind-hearted, compassionate people that I've ever had the privilege of spending time with in my life, and, and Brazil did that to me. Um, I know you. I know you want to talk about sight, but I I, no, no, I, I no, do want to I do want to no, share no, this story too for sure. about Brazil. Um, because I had years of ministry experience. I, I, I preached and pastored and done student I, I, all of it. Um, church planning, and I go, and we're connecting with house churches in Brazil. And I go to this house church, and I walk into the room, and there's all kinds of people that are different ages in the room, and young people and, and old, older people and everybody in between. And there's probably maybe i don't know but they probably at that time there was probably 15 20 people inside this house and so i go in and i notice that on the floor um, there's a pallet you know laid out on the floor of blankets and there's a, a lady holding a, a child who looked to probably be about nine or ten and from what I was gathering, from other people kind of telling me what was going on, and from what I was observing, um, totally this and this young man was totally dependent um, on on others, uh, paralyzed, uh, n- not able to speak, not not able to see, and this woman, I mean, he was just stroking his hair and loving on loving on him in in this room where we were singing and and we opened up the scripture and people were talking, and then. Just a few minutes later, I noticed there was someone else. There was like a guy that was sitting there with him. And I'm like, okay, well, that must be his mom. Sorry, that must be his dad. Um, and then as the meeting kind of progressed, as the time together kind of, kind of went on, I could not figure out who this child belonged to mm. because he belonged to everyone in that room. That they, were, they were loving on this kid like, like he was their very own. And this, sad to say, is not something that I had experienced very often within the church here in America. And it blew me away. It, 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 it threw me for a loop. Um, come to find out, at the, at the end of that time meeting with that, uh, those believers in that house, It was the the oldest people that were part of that group in that room part of that community that had rescued um that child that had been abandoned um, Mm. on the streets in brazil and brought him into their home and i mean the farthest from my mind to equate oh that's who this child is with those were his parents and i came back and (laughs) I love the lights, I love the smoke I love the the band and the and the guitars and all all, all the stuff but I couldn't I couldn't set in the church setting like that in an environment like that after after that experience in Brazil and I started to begin pursuing uh, house church and mm. what would that what would that look like? Would we be able to you know, take time away from our schedules to really, you know, share life with, with one another in this authentic community and began to, began to pursue what that, would, what that might look like here. And I say all of that, <laughs> take, a, take a breath and, and allow you to come in here, and that's when uh, what you really want to talk about, that's when that hit mm. is right at that
0: time. So are you trying to set up multiple house churches or just doing house church with you and your wife and some people you know? Was it just that, like just trying to establish just for you? Yeah, just for you, me. Well, yeah, what kind of what you felt. Because, I mean, I, I had the same, I mean, not the same, but I understand very all too familiar that feeling uh, I had in Saltillo Mm -hmm. and you're among the poor, of the poor um, and there's, there's places in that desperation in or in the yeah, the unity or whatever label you want to put on it. There's things in those spaces that you can't unsee. You can't forget you're undone by them. And I, I don't know how long, how long ago was that? Wow, that was 2010
1: 2012. I mean 20 years ago.
0: Yeah. And so you think about that and you're still getting emotional about it. So you you can still think about it and get undone. Mm-hmm. Those things are some some life-changing that you don't walk away from. No,
1: no. It 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 changes in. So we pursued it and your question was you yeah. know we pursued it with with you know just just my family and a couple of a couple other families and the desi- the desire then to uh begin branching out into different different homes um in different uh uh counties uh different places and that that passion is 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 still there but right as um that kind of began going i Lost my vision.
0: <laughs> well, I and I kind of felt like we were—that's where we were going to go. But I really kind of want to go back to the home church. Okay. Actually. Okay. Yeah. yeah absolutely. So when when you start thinking about that, are you? How did how did y'all go about that? Like establishing that? Are you just? You know, you and your wife are just saying, you know, we really want to do this house church." Do you start talking to people that you're going to church with currently, or are these people that? are kind of, I don't know, disingenuous with corporate church? Or, you know, how did y'all go about that?
1: Well, I had pastored a church in West Fort Worth for quite some time and left there without scandal and knew I wanted to move out of the way of kind of what, what we understand as kind of, you know, regular, traditional, doing doing church in right. the Modern postmodern era that we live in, um, but I knew I wanted to step out of the way because I didn't want there to be I didn't want to be the any hindering part to what God would want to do in that community in that place. Hmm. And so I had given, I had served in you know every area. You know I'd stacked the chairs and <laughs> uh, clean you know cleaned and served and done small groups and preached and whatever is involved and. Uh, felt a real freedom to be able to go i don 't want to be what 's holding up you know god pouring out what what he wants to do here and let let me you know step out of the way my leadership level at that time kind of had reached its pinnacle, and so i I wanted to be able to see people in the grocery store and not have to Go down another aisle or leave the grocery store altogether but i wanted to be able to leave there in a good you know good standing and and be able to 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 say hey to people that had gone and and been a part of of this fellowship with for for a long time and i did not want to plant and start and do this home church by taking people and go hey i'm gonna gonna do this kind of new thing you know and so we we really just you know continue just to pray over it, and God began just to drop people who weren't necessarily disenfranchised but just didn't, for whatever reason at that season of their life uh, could not find a place to connect and we connected hmm. and and just began to uh, you know have a, a time where we would schedule intentionally being together, not, you know, every day, you know, every day of the week, um, but a, a, a time on a, on a Tuesday night or a Thursday night and share a meal together, um, worship through the Scripture and the Word, um, through song and through prayer, and then everybody, you know, contributing to that. Mm.
0: It was very sweet. That's really, really good. So how long did that go on?
1: That that went on, uh, that went on several for several several years with the with the idea then of going. Okay, how 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 can we expand this? You know, and trying to. It's one of those tu- always been a tough thing for me. This is just me and you talking, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's always been tough for me um, finding finding that that rhythm of going. I I, I never want to be ahead of what. Jesus is doing. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get in front of God and and you know, you know this this is what I want to do. Um, but I've also struggled with hey, catch up, come on, right? Get, oh, let's yeah. let's get moving. And so finding that balance for me, that rhythm of uh, um, and um, maybe maybe being a little too uh, cautious, maybe being a little not not as intentional and and active. Um, but that went on for for several years with the with the idea of going okay man let's let's begin to to broaden broaden this and what would what would that look like
0: hmm. all right, so now I'll bring it back okay um, so during that uh i guess the initial season of that, so what did that look like when your site began to fade
1: that was if I'm gonna be again just Oh gut, lo- gut level, yeah. honest. Yeah. <laughs> it was devastating. Right, <laughs> it was devastating. But
0: so, uh, what, but like, what did did it just? It wasn't like lights out one day. No, it was no. just a decreasing.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'd always battled with with vision issues, and that was the thing. And uh, trying to communicate here. I felt like, you know, at that time, man, I really did have a vision, a you know clear yeah. mental picture of mm. what could be and what should be mm. and spiritually, you know, huge where physically um, my vision was was diminishing. And then that that would hinder then being able to jump in the car and go mm. um, in order to connect with people and meet with people and became very very dependent very quickly on, on others and trying to work through, you know, what, what does that look like? How does, how does that work? And just in doing life, much less, you know, doing life in service to other people for the kingdom, that was going to be something new for me to figure out.
0: So initially... How do you start working through that? I mean, because yeah, you're with your you're with your wife, and and she's she's all in, side by side. But what does that look like to initially start that journey of? I, I, yeah, how do you function day to day and move on with ministry? Because you're you're in ministry and you're moving forward with a lot of things that's going on. How do you initially navigate that that world? Does that make sense or not? No, no it's, yeah. it's a it's a great question. you're just, I, you're just taking time to <laughs> take some
1: time to to form, formulate a suitable answer that may be somewhat coherent. And my initial knee jerk reaction to that question, <laughs> you, you don't. Hmm. You just you just start you just start you start doing life different. I I went. I love telling stories hopefully some of these has put a smile on your face, made you laugh a little bit. Here's the story that I tell about my my vision loss. Um, I've always kind of had vision issues. I've battled glaucoma. I've not always been blind, but I've always been a runner. Hmm. And in 2016 I had, yes, that's right. I said runner, like long distance running. Um, In 2016, I had my best running year ever. That year, I ran five half marathons. I was involved in what's called the season challenge, four season challenge. It's a half marathon, winter, spring, summer, and fall. Hmm. And I ran those in 2016, those, those half marathons, plus the rock and roll half marathon over in Dallas that year. That year as well, I ran two full marathons. I ran in Fort Worth at the Cowtown in 2016, the Ultra Marathon. That's anything over 26.2 miles. Whoa. I ran a 300 mile relay race from Gonzales, Texas to Houston, Texas, Texas Independence Relay Race that year. And I ran two Runner World running streaks that year to where you run at least uh, a mile, um, every day for about 40 days. And I did one in the winter and I did one in the spring that year. Um, but rather than just run one mile, I ran the distance of a 5k, I didn't run a 5k race every day, but that year in 2016, I ran 3.2 miles every day that year. Uh, it's phenomenal. I know you're, you're quite yes. impressed, right? You're, I, I'm leaving you spe- speechless yes. over there.
0: Because <laughs> I can't imagine it. I can't imagine it.
1: I had a fantastic year. I went home to Memphis and ran the St. Jude Marathon at the end of that year in December. And got on the plane, flew in, had a phenomenal time. That was an amazing, humbling race. In St. Jude Children's Hospital, Children's Research Hospital in Memphis, you're allowed to run through the the campus of the hospital. And the staff and doctors and nurses there, what they'll do is they'll wheel out the kids with cancer patients to the sidewalk. And with the help of several of my dear, dear friends here, uh, I was able to raise a little bit of money. And so I had a tank top that said St. Jude Hero on it and as you ran through that campus they would clap and applaud and I cried like a baby for the, the route through that it was extremely humbling oh, to see you know and, and you, would oh. look, you would look up at the hospital and they would will the kids that couldn't come outside they would wheel their, their beds oh, up to the window gosh. and they, you know they would, just, they would just cheer you on and it was I mean, I get chills. Oh yeah, absolutely. I got them everywhere. It It was, it was amazing. And that's how I ended that year. Uh, 2016 of running was getting that marathon medal at the end of that race in my Mm. hometown of Memphis. Mm. Phenomenal time. Get on the Southwest flight to fly back to Dallas love and the plane lands and said to the dear wife, uh, I don't know, something has gone on. I was able to look at my phone while I was waiting for the, the the flight in Memphis, but by the time I landed, something had gone on with my vision, and I was like, you're going to have to drive. I'd been seeing a, a specialist um, in Fort Worth for glaucoma that I'd battled for years and years, and had some vision loss with that, and I went to see my glaucoma specialist, uh, Matthew Emmanuel. He's amazing. And I sat down in the chair, and he pulled up his chair in the room, and he looked at me, Jonathan, maybe maybe eight, nine, ten seconds max, and he pushed his chair back, and he said, here, here's the deal. He said, you're going to leave here today. And he said, you're going go to go to my, his retina specialist. Mm. As soon as you leave here. And he says, more than likely, you'll be in surgery tomorrow. And somehow my retina had torn. And I, and I have tons of folks when I share that story, they're like, "Is all that running you did. That's what caused it. Oh, my gosh. And that, yeah. that, I, yeah. was, I was in yeah, the yeah. best shape of my life. Uh, I, was, I, was, I, was, I just have pitiful eyes. And at some point in time, uh, several days prior, my, my retina had torn. It didn't have anything to do with my, my running or anything like right. that. I just began to notice it at that time. And it was exactly like my eye doctor had said. And I was that day seeing a retina specialist, and that next morning they were willing me into surgery to reattach my retina.
0: Which is, if anybody doesn't know, is no small... <laughs> It's no small thing. It's no joke.
1: It was it was brutal. I love to I love to tell this story too about my retina. Retina's like it's like wallpaper on the back of your eye. So if we can get just, you know, get yeah. really medical here. Real graphic terminology. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they have to take your eyeball out and you're awake during the surgery. Uh, it's 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 brutal. But they try to uh reattach the retina to the back of your of your eye and it's like wallpaper you know like old school you know put it up and so they put a uh, a gas bubble in your eye to then hold hold that up there like they're doing surgery and so to hold that mm-hmm. wallpaper in place they've this gas bubble and so you have to for your recovery lay face down so that gas bubble can flatten out that retina and it's like a two-week, you know, process of not lifting your head.
0: Bruce sleep face down. You sit in a chair that's made to yep. rest yourself. Yeah, Bruce Face down.
1: These guys that do this are amazing. These surgeons that that work on this and attach these retinas are. I, I don't understand. Basically, they're like working with wet tissue paper. That's yeah. that's what they're that's what they're working with. And so, man, I did that and with the generosity uh, of the community of people here in Alito that we had, had done, done life with for several, several years. Um, I got like a massage bed, Mm. you know, that has the face, you know, hole. And so I was able to, to lay on that face down. But by the end of it, I would, I'd have to, I got very claustrophobic, had to psych myself up, you know, to, to even put my face down in the like, you know, donut hole to rest my forehead yeah. in order to go to go to sleep like that. It was it was bru- brutal, swore to my my wife, Melissa, I, I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm never going to do this again. And two months later, it didn't attach. And so I was back in surgery to to try to reattach it one more time. <sighs> Yeah. Brutal. And, and that was my good eye. (laughs) So I had continually lost vision in my left eye. Uh, had, had very little, no peripheral, very little tunnel vision in my left eye and then, uh, complete, you know, vision loss out of my right eye, which was my good eye at that time. So yeah, life changing overnight.
0: You just have to kind of sit in that for a second. So did the second one take? No. 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 So you go through all that again, and it still. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I love to tell this story about that, though, because that, that could have been devastating uh, to me. But I will say this, that my identity is not found in what I do. My identity is found in whose I am. That's whose I am, whom I belong to. And because of my relationship with Jesus, that was not a devastating blow to me because my identity, once again, folks, is not found in what I do. Mm -hmm. It's not found in running. It's not found in ministry. It's not found in my occupation. It's found in who I belong to, and I'm very confident in that and extremely thankful for the beautiful people that I have met, mm-hmm. <laughs> the amazing, uh, beautiful places that I've been to and seen in my, in my lifetime. And I feel sorry for a lot of folks that may be listening to this that haven't traveled and haven't, haven't been seeing the places that I was able to when I was younger. Um, I'm so very, so very thankful. And so it's, it's a change. It's, hey, this is going to be, this is gonna be a, a new adventure. This is going to be a, a different <laughs> approach, new perspective, um, but extremely, extremely thankful. And one of the things that kind of launched that, that attitude that I have is after that second surgery, My wife said after the surgery, she said, I I can't believe this. And I wasn't able to see, you know, what was going on, on social media, no longer being able to see anything on my phone. And so she begins to tell me about my running buddies that Mm -hmm. I had trained to do these marathons with teachers here in the area, Julie Johnson, Wendy McGee, Callie Caldwell. Other teachers and, and ladies that I had, had run races with for years uh, began to put together a 5K race just for me to cover those kind of medical expenses and sold T-shirts that had a hashtag, Run Like Chun. And it was extremely humbling. And I asked my, my buddy who was kind of heading the whole thing up, Wendy, I was like, I don't know what to, what to say. And she said, You just say thank you. And so I said thank you and was blown away by the community uh, here in Alito of families that didn't know me. Uh, many who did. I had 600 uh, school students at Stewart Elementary wear blue and white t shirts with your name on them. It's humbling. Man. And, and give and contribute to those kind of immediate, you know, unexpected medical expenses that, you know, you're trying to pay for on a teacher's salary, minister's (laughs) paycheck. And so I was extremely grateful and thankful for the the love and compassion that just, I mean, uh, this whole town just lavished on us. It was extremely, extremely humbling, but I'm still just extremely thankful and grateful.
0: That, that in itself is, you know, it's the, uh, you know, it kind of goes back to that house you saw in Brazil, like this whole family gathering around mm-hmm. this kid that can't, you know, he could have taken care of himself maybe, but it, there was just a, a place where they stepped in to fill the need that he needed. And that probably a lot of that was just the touch of, you know, care and, um, an embrace and, uh, and you were getting that in Aledo. Everybody Oh, Everybody yeah. Just kind of surrounded you and, and loved on the chuns.
1: Oh man, yeah.
0: So talk a little bit about the ministry you do now because you're not teaching PE anymore. Right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I, I I really I love this too because this is the reason you and I were I, I feel like a big part of why we were brought together because mm-hmm. um our good friend Kevin Nelson was like you guys have got to meet each other because you're you're doing a lot of the same things, you know, five miles apart. You should probably meet, and so you we should did probably know one another. We did, and it's and it's been really cool and a real fast friendship. So, tell me a little bit about that, so everybody can hear.
1: Okay, so I knew you know that this kind of keen advancement uh, heartbeat that the Lord Jesus had. Called me to and placed in my life, you know, when I was 16 and 18, you know, in that pursuit for all those years, um, I knew I still had a desire to do that. I just knew it would look differently. You see what I did there? I, I knew did. it would yeah, look yeah, differently. Yeah. And so, see what I mean? <laughs> exactly. So, trying to understand that, pursue that, what is that going to be? And 2020 hits, bro. <laughs> everything oh man how, how crazy is that just to to think you know worldwide and i mean it was a, it was a new day and especially for churches and so i had a ton of relationships because it's all about it's all about relationships yes. and that's it's one of the things that you're, you're expressing here and yeah. this the reason this podcast exists and what you're doing with it and so i had tons of relationships with guys you know all over the states you know doing doing church and yeah. prior to 2020 a lot of those guys were not connected on social media no youtube no 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 instagram nothing, nothing like that maybe an occasionally you know facebook or whatever but not not with their not with their churches and so 2020 hits man everything starts shutting down i've got a i've got a little bit of eyesight left at that time, and through the help of the wife, I'm able to, you know, connect on online. And a lot of these, lot of these guys are their their services are being broadcast. You know, had no social media presence whatsoever. Here comes all of a sudden, you know, everybody everybody's you know. Got to, to have
0: church, you got to have it. That's right. Yeah. They got
1: they got it online, and so I get a front you know I get a front row seat to these these messages, sermons, services, you know, presentations and bro it was rough <laughs> one, one of the things that i noticed one of the things that i noticed without having my sight but one of the things one of the first things i noticed man no social media presence whatsoever you know now they're they're brand new in this game and i mean in the first 30 seconds of broadcasting that service all of these guys were hey jonathan we're still taking that tithe you can put that tithe right in here. We're, we take that. And you can text that. Uh, we got a bucket outside the church. Uh, Everybody was got, worried about oh, the tithe. Oh, man, maybe. let me tell you. That, that was the, I was like, man, not, not the first 30 seconds. Wait till the end or something, bro. You know, it's like it was, it was rough. And so I began to reach out uh, to several friends in a very delicate conversation to have. But I was saying, I, I can wasn't. help you. Yeah. I can help you. Um, I have a communications degree. I have some experience. And here's the deal. I don't have a lot of success. Learn from my failures. Mm. Learn from, from where I've messed up. Don't say that, bro. Don't do that. And I, I reached out and said, hey, I can, I can help you with message preparation. I, I, can, I can serve you with presentation. And one of the one of the main things that really began to launch this was, I I began to ask the question to uh, all these, you know, buddies who were in the pulpit, pastors and preachers. Like, do you ever you ever watch the game film? You're broadcasting this out.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Do do you have do you ever (laughs) go and and look? And man, nobody's watching game film. And man, that's it's difficult. It's tough but no that was that was you know the the main response was no i'm I, I haven't done that and i was like well let me set with you and and for the kingdom's sake let's let's see if we can so can't. delicate oh yeah <laughs> And I'm I'm not I don't have For the love of God. Yeah, I don't have that bedside manner, bro. You don't you don't <laughs> want me at the hospital. I'm, I'm telling you. It's like he's too, but yeah, he's telling of, another story. Oh my goodness. Some
0: <laughs> of it has to be the cut with a knife, you know. It's it's gotta anyway. Keep oh, going on, oh
1: no, no, no. You're you're absolutely right. It, and and man, it is it is done humbly and, and out of out of love. Right, and yeah, yeah saying but, but okay so you have podcasts down jonathan you can't improve on a podcast and go you, you got it down you, you've done however many episodes and go yeah. we can always improve I'm listening
0: all the time just yes. to see what's next all of us in, yeah. in,
1: in, in any occupation any, any, any endeavor we're doing we can always improve and having someone to come alongside there were initially not Folks that were no, I'm I'm not not interested in, in that in the least bit, especially yeah. from you. Right,
0: thanks, Randy. Um, exactly. But my church has two thousand people. You do home church. <laughs> exactly,
1: thanks. exactly. Uh, but there were uh, a couple of guys that were humble enough that were maybe maybe desperate enough, uh, just at the right at the, again the right timing and began to pursue that. And, I, and some of my, my first guys that I began to meet with on a regular basis, I remember they were so nervous. And this is just over the phone. Um, some, some of these you know are, are face-to-face, but a lot of these are just over the phone. And I remember the, f- the first initial time I had one, one guy, a buddy of mine in Decatur, and, and I knew he thought, man, I'm, I'm about to get raked over the coals. And it wasn't that at all. I'm like, you know, man, these are the things that you're doing really well. Let's, let's look at, let's look at this. And and all of this is, I, who am I to, yeah. to speak to, to anyone? I'm, I'm just wanting to advance the kingdom. I'm just wanting to join in. I'm just wanting to, to, to seek how, how I can serve in a, in a new way with what I've got. Um, but I can hear really well now. <laughs> right,
0: The heightened senses. We talked about that the other day. At lunch. Absolutely. Just, well, and, and I think that's another thing is when you said that at lunch, I, I, I thought about it quite a bit. The rest of the day is the intentionality of distraction, like being present. <clears throat> so just to fill everybody in, we were talking just um, how you are so present in your hearing because sitting in that restaurant, I can get distracted by the guy carrying a tray by that's kind of smoking. Ooh, man, that looks really good. That's interesting. Or, hey, is that that guy that I know? Well, Randy's talking to me. Like, you're talking to me, and we're having a conversation about whatever. And I can get distracted by looking over at a guy coming in the door. Is that the guy from – where do do I know that guy from? Well, now I've missed 10 words that you've shared because I'm not able to multitask that. And just being present, whereas – there's no vision distracting you. There's no and, and smell. I mean, you can smell a good, you know, whatever oh, yeah. fajitas going by or whatever. <laughs> yeah, but you're you're still in it with your ears and really focused on what I'm saying. And so there's a big part of, you know, even if I'm on the phone with somebody and doing what I'm doing, I can get distracted.
1: Mm, absolutely. By it's that whole idea. It's that whole idea of like you're you know you're driving down the road. <laughs> and then you kind of kind of wake up out of your slumber and go, man, I've been driving for ten minutes and I, right. I have no idea yep. what it's just muscle memory has yep. taken the car over and you go, yeah, you you were seeing, but and that's the amazing thing about the the amount of information that the eye is able to take in so instantaneously and you're able to process. And so I'm at a disadvantage there, but at a real advantage of being tuned into. To what you're saying, and not being stra- distracted by other things going on around me uh, with the with the vision loss. So it's it's again, it's just day day after day. These are these are the things that I'm discovering and uncovering. As to go, no, this is not this is not devastating. This is this is new. This is this is a new adventure. This is this is fun.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's interesting at the first to kind of full circle like when biscuit was barking at the first if if we had everybody that listens to this podcast around the table talking we're talking and biscuits barking we wouldn't think anything really about that yeah well he's he's barking but because it's this intentionality of being one on one and he's in the background barking we think that's this massive distraction when it's really not because everybody's just listening to this thing and listening to our words and not you know, mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but I'm, I'm with you. I'm really glad that it's in there now because <laughs> it's going to, it'll add, it'll make sense later on. So stay tuned all the way to the end. So where you're at today, like what are, what's Randy's, what's your vision look like? Not physical vision, but like spiritual kingdom vision. Like what, what are the dreams? Like, what do you, what do you want to do? Where are you, where do you want to go? Well I've if that re- makes sense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I've really found this other than
0: the idea that I stole of this podcast. <laughs> I am sorry for that.
1: You... <laughs> oh man, can I talk about that? You can. That absolutely. I, I here's the, here's the thing. For those of you who are out here listening, uh you need to text, email, get a hold of Jonathan and somehow in some way, because you have a story. As I began to, to think about this whole idea, I was, you know, processing through and going, you know, I've got somewhat of a story to, you know, hopefully inspire folks with in my vision loss. I mean, I'd start, started to think about my dad who, he passed away this past year, but my dad had a, an amazing life. But for everyone else, it would just seem seemingly ordinary. Um, my dad played college ball. Mm. I mean, that was... I mean, it was way back in the day, but that's not an experience everybody has. You that's know? right. And everybody else would look at my dad and like, "Man, he's just a, you know, a maintenance mechanic at a chemical plant in Memphis at Dupont." And go, "Yeah, he's got a story." And then I just begin to think about all these people in my life and go, "My wife. <laughs> we've talked. We've talked about my wife, Melissa here. You know, through this whole podcast, she has an amazing story." Um, and everybody has has a what they think is just seemingly ordinary you have a <clears throat> right. gift in the life that god has given you and you add in there like i said about the brazilians you add in there a redemption story forget about it yeah. you add in there you know uh, a story of of life being rescued and man that is inspiring that's and that's everybody out there you have a story to tell and so that i think that's part of um what, what may be in the in the future, and in in what what I'm envisioning these days, and then with helping pastors to communicate, uh, I'm I'm constantly seeking out um, pastors that not just that I can um, help out and and serve, but what I've found a real niche here lately is just encouraging mm-hmm. pastors. That's right, and. Yeah, some of these guys that have abused this, and there's some of these guys out there that you know they they have the the mansions and the cars and all the you know all the trimmings of, of this world. They're very few and far between. Most of the guys that that are out there sharing the gospel and that are, are in the in the church, you know, day after day, week after week, year after year. I mean, it, it's 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 tough and it's lonely. And I found a real niche just just being there to encourage and come up under and kind of kind of that that Old Testament story of Moses kind of raising the staff mm-hmm. and he's got Aaron on one side and, and her on the other you know raising his arms up so Joshua Joshua can win the battle and uh, man I I want to be I want to be one of those guys that's that's lift, lifting up our pastors because man in our world today they've gotten and and some rightfully so if they've gotten a, a a bad rap they've gotten a bad you know people are are dissatisfied disinterested disenfranchised with with church and with pastors these days um but i think there's a majority of these guys out here that are genuine mm. you know genuinely trying to uh seek out and it's a tough gig and go they're yeah they're not perfect you know and they need they need our support and our encouragement. And I'm finding that niche now to where it's moved out of <coughs> more communication, more into um, encouragement and leadership development and counseling, the, the, that, that kind yep. of type of thing, if I can say that.
0: Yep. No, that's yeah. Uh, that that is that is the niche that I find myself in. Is so many have been seen. You know, I've found kind of almost like the opposite where you're talking about the, you know, they, they see them as the, the rich and glamorous mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But in a lot of the arenas that I'm in where they've been put up on a pedestal and can't fail, mm-hmm. And can't, they can't have these weaknesses that, you know, these, some strongholds in their life and hurts and hangups and things that affect who they are. And then they get wrapped up in that. And then they become tormented by, the pressure of the paycheck mm-hmm. and the pressure of the pastoring and the pri- the pressure of the people. And it, it gets them to a really hard place in their life. And, um, yeah. So yeah, let that be a message to everybody listening, be kind to your pastors and they are humans too. And they may have a thorn in their flesh that they're struggling to overcome. And, it's not a hypocritical thing when they're preaching on Sunday morning, that, you know, a lot of times they're preaching to themselves, not to you. So. Oh yeah,
1: I just just read this past week, and every Sunday I have a, a group that I, I send out just a personal text message to on Sunday morning because I want them to know that they're they're not alone. You know, someone other than you know their wife and their mom, you know, mm. cares for them is is is, is for them, is, is in their corner. And one of the passages I read, you know, of, of a pastor is someone who will give an account as an overseer of your soul. Mm. That's a weight, man. Yeah. That is a weight that other folks in, yes, very prestigious, you know, occupations and that kind of type thing. I mean, you, you, Everybody, my wife's a teacher. It's a difficult job. I've got n- nurses, friends, you know, I've got friends in, in all kind of professions and go, yeah, you, you, you're, you're struggling out there in these, in these days, but these pastors, mm. um, you know, Timothy says, and they're going to give an account, and that is, that's a weight that not a lot of people um, bear, it's, and it's heavy, and so I want to be there to say, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm for you. I want to encourage you. I want to help you. That's
0: so good. You. So that's kind of your vision. That's you just want to keep pursuing all those things. Any, yeah. Anything you else you want to add?
1: Man, we've covered a lot. It's been a lot. It's been a lot. A lot We're at a good hour and fifteen. Oh man. Oh, man. Uh, I've always been known to to have the gift of gab. I, oh no, I hope, that's I hope you, You've laughed. Uh, let's, hope keep, let's keep going. You've been encouraged, and I, I do. I want to. I want to be that. That Barnabas, that's out mm-hmm. there. That son of encouragement. That's what. That's what I want people to, people to call me. That, um, man, life. Uh, that that we have been given the breath we have been given, uh, the very breath of God, um, is a beautiful thing, and I want to uh, live it to its absolute fullest. And and I want to be that in encouragement to people out there that. Uh, you never give up hope. That you keep going. That um, your relationships are are key. And man, and, yeah, you may have been betrayed or hurt, um, but man, you continue that relationship with Jesus. Continue that relationship with with your spouse. Continue that relationship with with a, a, other believers. Continue that relationship with with your friends and in your community. Um, and to keep keep moving forward. To do those things, and I want to be there to cheer you on. I want to be there to inspire and, and encourage people. Um, I, that's, that's what my I want this part of, this season of my life to be about.
0: So good. Well, and I just want to encourage you and, and edify you in mm-hmm. that. Like, I, you know, your, your physical side is is gone
1: um, well, my, my eyesight yeah. is poor, but the rest of me is all good, bro.
0: Well, I, yeah, but I, I still like when – when as we sit here at the table, like, you know, you, you may not can see my face, but I feel really seen by you. Like, you can see me, and I feel like there is – there's still joy in your eyes. There's no – you know, there's life still there. It's not like it's, – it's not dead eyes or something like that, but you're still looking – there's joy in your eyes, and I feel seen by you, and that's a, I think, another reason people still reach out to you and call, you know, call you to do whatever, because I, th- I think they still see you. So, um, thanks for doing this, man. Uh, I appreciate you. I, I'm, I'm already very thankful for your friendship and, and your willingness to, to sit down with me and tell your story because it's important, and I think people are going to be blessed by it. So, thanks, man. Absolutely, my absolute pleasure.